TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 451, and I'm Lily, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun. I'm a costume designer and TV enthusiast hiding in my apartment, I'm my house in Los Angeles. <laughs> this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific, Los- <laughs> at Azusa Pacific <laughs> University in Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news, which for some reason I came up with empty, but Tom has all the news. Go ahead. I have all the news. Amazon will premiere My Spy, the uh, family comedy with Dave Bautista, directly instead of it going to theaters because theaters are closed right now. Uh, AMC has set Friday nights in with the Morgan starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan, his wife, Hillary Burton, and they're going to lean heavily on Walking Dead co-stars. Uh, AMC is hoping that will tide some Walking Dead fans over because this hiatus will probably end up longer than most. CBS will air Sunday night movies throughout May, uh, leaning on the Paramount back library. Uh, first up, Raiders of the Lost Ark, then Forrest Gump, Mission Impossible 1, <laughs> Titanic, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Disney Plus hit 50 million subscribers, well ahead of the 60 to 90s global subscribers they're hoping to have by the end of fiscal year 24 maybe because nobody can do anything so they might as well watch disney <laughs> especially if they have families uh they're also working on a doozy how b hauser md reboot a female half anglo half asian lead and it will be Yay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fox has renewed Duncanville for season two It's an animated comedy from Mike Shore And Amy Poehler At HBO Max The Friends reunion special will not be available At launch next month Because they haven't shot it yet um, And Netflix has a bunch Lisa Kudrow will play Steve Carell's wife In Space Force Which premieres uh, in a couple months Jerry Seinfeld has set his second stand-up special Which will drop on May 5th and Charon Entertainment has signed a first-look deal with Netflix. They retain 70 of the 80-plus projects they were developing at Fox. And their recent hits include Ford v. Ferrari, Greatest Showman, and Hidden Figures. So they're pretty much A-list production company. Finally, uh, Showtime's Becoming a God in Central Florida has been ruled a drama, not a comedy, by the Television Academy. And they competed in the comedy competition for Golden Globes as well as the Writers Guild Awards. But the TV Academy is like, yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. Is anyone watching that? I, I do. I, I don't have I Showtime. It's not everybody's thing, but, you know, and I, I think it's more a black comedy, really, than a drama. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, I'm not the one who makes these decisions. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to start the shows? Yes. All right. First up, we're going to talk about Westworld. Woo! And, uh, wow, this episode was fantastic. And, and this was, the blown. Libya was right, and then some. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did say I got the idea off the internet, and I said this was the best one, and it sounds like it was right. And not only was it right, it was like, the show was like, I will see you being right, and double down on it. <laughs> Seriously. So, it was like, so the imagery of the, you know, the conversation now makes way more sense because... When Charlotte Hale was like, how do you, how come you get that body? How come you get to do this? And it, mm-hmm. it totally makes so much sense now. So, yeah. So, of course, who does uh, Dolores trust? Who does Dolores trust intimately? <laughs> Nobody but herself. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. And yeah. I don't know why we you thought anything else, guys. Do it yourself. You right. know? So... Probably because some of us are still shipping Teddy and Dolores. <laughs> I was not. She what she did to him second season. I was. I'm over that. Unforgivable. Yeah. So what do you she, Dolores Dolores shippers? <laughs> <laughs> Dodos. 
Yeah, she loves herself a lot. Uh, but it just make when you get that reveal, it just makes her seem even more evil. She's like, how do I make myself more evil? I know, just make more of me. Um, so then that fight in the, because Maeve was just awesome. She was just rolling through the bad guys. And I was like, no one can stop her. And then I really liked when she started talking to the guy from, you know, it was a Japanese world or whatever. I think, or whatever. Shogun what, World. Shogun World, that's what it was called. Shogun World. Yeah, and she starts talking to him, and she's like, wait a minute, you're not him. I liked how she figured that out. Uh, that was pretty cool. Then she got her butt kicked. And I feel like if she had known that was Dolores ahead of time, she would have done better. Because I think it was just Dolores just surprised her. She was like, oh, wait, it's you? What? Ah! And then she wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, because I want that rematch to happen. But I don't know if she. Well, I don't think she. Oh yeah, but I don't think she can handle more than one Dolores. Like if she had to fight all the Dolori. Dolori. What's, what's the plural? Dolori. <laughs> I don't think if she had to fight them all, uh, if she would do well. But now I'm totally a hundred percent on Team Maeve. I mean. Peter is always about how he really likes Dolores and she has a point and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like what she just did just and her plan to replace every, all these people. And she's got all these plots within plots. And I'm like, mm, she's pretty evil. So, uh, what do you, do anybody want to talk about what's going on with, um, Oh God! What's his name? Not Gabriel. What? Caleb. Caleb. Thank you. I was trying to call him Ga- Ga- Gabriel. Oh, he's he's totally being manipulated by Dolores. <laughs> he's yeah, showing signs that um something's up here, just a little teeny bit. So I think eventually he's going to clue in, or he's going to find out one way or another. How Hopefully. about the way that she totally manipulated the man in black? William? Oh. By the yeah. way, his daughter is played by the same actor who's the lead on Evil, which I, I just made that connection. That. I just made I, that connection I, because, I, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I was looking at her and going, oh, I know her from somewhere. How do, what do I know her from? Only she's not, she's not evil in whatever it is that she's evil. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you watch the whole season, by the way? Yeah, I did. That, that last episode was like woo <laughs> uh, those um, guys yeah, are playing was, the long game that was so game. great when she gets him committed she was like oh you thought we were going to a meeting no these guys are from some mental hospital that they're taking you off to and she totally got him to freak out on her that was great that was great uh, and that makes I, way I more to... sense than trying to convince him to vote the way she wanted to vote she was like no mm-hmm. now I just have your votes yeah that makes way more sense for her. Any other thoughts, Westworld? No, it was um, the. I'll be interested to see. It, it's it's kind of interesting to see how all the threads are. You know, we can see them eventually converging because we're about halfway through the season, but they've specifically kept the plot lines separate. Because Bernard, even though Bernard's goal was to find Dolores before he left Westworld, he didn't. And then now Dolores has a new, you know, this new guy whose name I can't pronounce, so I won't even try. (laughs) Who seems to be rivaling, trying to be the ultimate puppet master. Although I have a feeling that, you know, he may be underestimating Dolores because most people tend to do that at their own peril. And then then you have the Dolores and Caleb plot line. And and the Charlotte plot line obviously is very tightly intertwined with that because, you know, whenever she's in distress, she calls upon herself. <laughs> that was so fantastic. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this was just mindless fun. Because um, The Rookie is just, so every week it's a different mystery, different thing. And it's always at least entertaining, if nothing else. And this week's episode, uh, the the storyline that I liked the most was uh, Nolan and his partner. His partner's daughter has like this nightmare, and she says she saw a ghost, and the husband doesn't believe her, and thinks that she's just imagining stuff. But 
the girl was like, well, you're a cop and you're supposed to protect people, so I need you to do this. And so she takes her daughter seriously. And I like that she did. And it all led to finding some woman who was chasing a coyote, you know, with a gun, which was bizarre. And then you find the dog and then that leads you to some dude that kidnapped his husband. And I mean, the circumstances of that part were a little ridiculous, but it was still entertaining, if nothing else. Well, that's the show. I mean, the show is borderlines kind of ridiculous, grounded in, you know, real relationships. And you know what I mean? Like it's 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 a nice mix of, um, you know, a cop drama, you know, uh, you know, a relationship show where, you know, they do a really nice job. Uh, they've done great backstories on almost everybody except the captain. I've noticed that they don't really go into the captain at all, but you know, all of the training officers and the rookies, they'd really try to give them a nice, you know, if not in every episode, obviously they do, they usually have like an A plot, B plot, even C sometimes. Um, and I will say yet again, a hat tip to the, the, um, the teaser, they always have one and it, you know, it's usually very whimsical or tongue in cheek or whatever. Um, and then this, funny. Time, yeah, yeah, always funny, always funny and, um, and silly and whatever. This one wasn't quite silly, but, um, it nice tie in with, um, American Idol, which I do watch it before, you know, it's all, it's all just a nice hot cup of chocolate or what is it? A cup of hot chocolate or whatever. It's just, I watch my American Idol and then it bleeds right into, Rookie, and in this week's teaser, Officer Chen gets sort of uh, uh, kidnapped into giving an audition for the real judges, obviously, um, you know, and um, she, I don't know if anyone knows, a little fact out there, she won Canadian American Idol. Like a billion <laughs> real, the actress. Well, I forgot her name. Maggie is her name. I don't remember her name. Um, O'Neill. I think her name's last name's O'Neill. Um, she like a million years ago. She doesn't even look old enough to be a million years ago American Idol winner, but um, she won Canadian American Idol. So they had her sing, and she sounded great, and that was like a cute little thing. Um, and then. Um, what was the other thing though I was going to say about the show? Oh, I like that I was really trying to figure out how they were going to warm up uh, uh, Nolan and his TO. I, I always forget her name. Um, she was when super she first, cold, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When she first came on, I really didn't like her. I knew they were bringing her on strong and, you know, this and that. And, you know, and I, I was a little like, mm, this seems like a stereotype. Um, but, you know, they're l less loosening her up. They're humanizing her. And I was really curious to see how they would, you know, soften that relation. Because Nolan is like a big teddy bear. He like wins everybody over eventually. You know what I mean? And so I was kind of in, and I thought they moved that, you know, relationship forward nicely. And um, and also last thing I'll say is I thought it was really funny because he brought his, you know, girlfriend, doctor girlfriend over to dinner with you know them so that they could do an overnight you know stakeout uh, for a ghost and um you know and it kind of turned into a mess and so um you know he had the yet again another date ever, right? date. yes he had another you know and she was like well at least it's interesting and you know whatever so i don't love that relationship i don't i don't really feel the chemistry between those two but you know they keep they keep adding to it so we'll i'll see where it goes maybe they'll win me over i mean i don't hate it but it's there's nothing really great about it so far no, but i love the show part of it is it seems too easy like they knew each other in college and now they met again and it's like destiny and i'm like meh yeah, I think that's a really good point i mean i think a lot of times when we watch relationships on shows it's it's usually it like guy and guy loses girl and then girl or or we wait like a whole season for them to get together and so there isn't any build or tension i think i think you kind of nailed it on the head um but i also don't think that there's much chemistry between them but i don't really care i mean there's so many i wouldn't mind them going into the captain now he's the only one that doesn't have an interesting or whatever backstory and i don't know if they're doing that on purpose or they just don't know how to write for him or there's just too many characters already so i wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of what's going what goes on in his life i mean they make mention of his son and his wife and blah 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 so i don't know but yeah i mean i don't think it's i don't think i'm overstating it by saying i genuinely love the show it's not amazing and it's not you know must-see tv but for me it really is a comforting fun show I, it's one of the only shows i will say this and i'll stop talking it is literally one of the only shows that i watch live 
like, you know, it's just a nice thing to start the week with it. Sunday night, I, I, you know, close down my week and um, I watch that show live almost always. And that's, that's something. I don't even want to wait to see it on Thursday or something. I watch it on Sunday when it live, it airs live. So. All right. Good show. Wrapping that one up. I think we're saying thumbs up. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk Better Call Saul. And I have to say, this was probably the best episode of the season, hands down, because everything for Saul has all season and all his transformation into Saul has been a reaction to, I hate the way people treat me and I want to be better. I want to reinvent myself. I want to do this. I want to work for the mob because it'll make me more money. But he hasn't really seen consequences for his actions. And I will say, you know, he asked that dude for $100,000 to transfer the money. And he thought it was going to be a cakewalk. He earned that $100,000. Like, for real. Yeah, he did. Um, (laughs) As I was thinking, it was I was watching. I was like, man, that was some hard $100,000 you just made right there. Uh, But it really, like, he had this moment where when he wasn't dead where he was just sitting and just crying because he was in shock. And mm-hmm. that right there, and I was like, yep, you see there are consequences for your actions, dude. Um, I loved, I loved, because I think I had read an early synopsis of this episode saying it's it's uh, Saul and Mike in, in Mexico, but... By having Saul on his own and literally Mike saving his butt. Right. <laughs> and then we get this mismatched in another movie. Could have been a buddy comedy, but it's not, not really. funny when people are shooting at you. <laughs> but, man, Jonathan Banks is long overdue for an Emmy, as is uh, well, I'm a, I'm Bob Odenkirk. But, man, this episode provided great material for their Emmy reels. Right. And did you notice that um, Vince Gilligan directed it? I did not notice that. But, yeah, it was really so, it was really good. Like, it it really was terrific. Felt like, somebody said, I think Greg said this uh, off podcast. I think he said this felt like the first episode that felt like a Breaking Bad episode. Mm-hmm. It didn't really well, feel like thing... a Better Call Saul episode. The, the thing Actually, is, as we... What it reminded me of a lot, if you if you um, remember The Sopranos, this this felt like Better Call Saul's Pine Barrens. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where you Ooh. have these two characters who you know can't stand each other, who are trapped in the wilderness and have to survive, and it just brought out both the best and worst in in both of them, and kind of bonded them together in a way that they hadn't been before. So I I loved absolutely everything about this episode and it was just it was brilliantly structured absolutely fantastically performed and you know it was i think really seriously probably the strongest episode they've had certainly this year if not in the series right and this the scene that i thought was fascinating libby and i talked about this a little bit is um kim wexler goodman visiting Lalo Salamanca, oh, was which terrible. was so uncomfortable for so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I I don't think it's a big prediction to think that she might not be in She's next not gonna make, Because, I mean, Mike even said it. He was like, you told her? And, and he was like, well, yeah, but not enough. Like, client praise. Like, he's like, now she's in the game. And not only... Is she now in the game? By her visiting him, she's a hundred percent in the game. Mm-hmm. So he's and I, and I give her credit for being smart enough to not go to the cops, being smart enough not to do anything, and telling and telling Lalo point blank that anything you tell either of us is privileged because we can't testify against each other. Right. But still, his reaction is like he's your husband. It's like <laughs> it just. Oh, that actor is so uh, Tony. Is it Tony Dalton? I think plays He's Lala. He's smarmy. He and, makes you feel and, dirty. After well, the you thing talk is, to him. he can play charm and smarm in the same scene. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moments apart. Yeah, I was like, "Ew, go take a shower." Like, oh my god. Yeah, he's um, uh, and I just feel like she just endangered her life. 
by going to see him. And she knows it. That That's the thing is she, she knows, knows she it. did it, what she did. Uh, but she was so worried about him that she thought it was worth the risk. But she did. What was good is she let Salamanca know also. He's like, Jimmy did not run with that money. It didn't. It's like he didn't do yeah. that. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I believe you now, you know. Um, so that was because now he's got leverage over him, mm-hmm. which is just like, why, 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 why? Like, uh, I mean, he would have eventually found out about her if he actually bothered to investigate him. He would have found well, out. Well, after he got out of jail. <laughs> right, right. And then at first I was like, for the, when, when, uh, Mike comes and saves him for the for a second. I thought Mike was going to steal the money and screw. No. Someone. But then I was like, oh, I did. I remember. No, 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 no. I remembered. I was like, oh, it's the long game. Never mind. So I remembered. I'm pretty sure Mike was sent there by Gus to make sure everything goes. I mean, oh, because I, Gus I is ultimate puppy, I know. puppy right. master. For a second, I thought the twins were going to come back. I thought the twins were going to be awesome and just take these dudes out. But Mike ended up being way better. So, um,. It's so weird they call them cousins because I was like, they look like twins. Why are they, why are you guys calling them cousins? Um, oh, TV shows play fast and loose with <laughs> ever, ever, ever since the Patty Duke show. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we are saying this was an amazing episode. This was definitely an A plus for Better Probably Call Saul. Probably one of the best things we've seen all year. Yeah, this was really oh, yeah. good. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Zoe's extraordinary playlist, episode nine. Now, I, it's weird because I, I did my binge last week, and now it's showing you one episode. <laughs> That's why you got to find the show early. This is just, I don't like this whole one episode a week thing. Um, <laughs> but this was after the glitch, and so she's better, but now she has to deal with the consequences consequences of her glitch, which is she sang her love ballad to both guys. The only thing I'm going to call foul on is... Uh, the boss, not Max, but the other one. Oh, God, what was his name? Oh, I always forget his name. Uh, I call foul on him breaking up with his fiance at work so that she could see the song. I was like, mm. I yeah, that was like, weird. That was very that weird. Was very to me. weird. Um, that was very writery. Yes, I was like, yeah. why couldn't she have was, run into them at like yeah, a was... coffee shop or something, and then you see the breakup? Like, I would have believed the yeah. coincidence of her being at the same coffee shop as them versus him taking sure. her to work and breaking up with her at work. Like, that was just odd. But other than that... Well, if... Go ahead. The, I, they could have easily fixed that with her kind of like, you know, kind of... Because this has happened in movies and possibly even in real life. Um you know, if she had kind of stormed into the office and marched in there and kind of, you know, forced his hand because they don't talk at home or, you know, he's distant or whatever, and she just couldn't stand it any longer. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. happened where, you know, so that that would have worked for me. And that's actually what I thought of because we're all saying the same thing. It was so weird that he did it at work and we all could see how manipulative it was so that, you know, she could see it. But I thought, well, that's an easy fix. Just have her march in there and be like, I can't, you know. You know, you never talk to me and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. So anyway, but, yeah, I think we all noticed that. That way, I, I just want to chime in because I really want to hear what Tom has to say. I I think he, he's the one that loves the show yeah, most out of all of them. Yeah, he's the one that got us into it. Tom, it's Tom. Yeah. yeah. So, so I do – I definitely want to hear what he has to say, of course. But I just I just want to say that the show definitely, you know, at, won me over after the first two. And, I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think last week I mentioned that I definitely had some problems with it. So I want to go back and say um, I, I liked that she finally owned up to it. I, I mean, it seemed like they had kind of already owned up to it, but so it was like twice – but I, I really thought she, they, she and the show gave me what I wanted to hear, which was a very definitive. I refuse to be a home wrecker. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I get the romantic comedy aspect of a love triangle and this and that. But I really didn't I didn't buy into that. She's she's seemingly such a good person and she's very conscientious and she's also kind of nerdy. And for her to just kind of freewheel it. And I get the song heart song thing, you know, the yoga studio, sexy dance. That was kind of fun. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I was, I was down for that because comedically it was hilarious. Um, but I really just didn't 
I thought she was just too casually like, you know, being a, you know, a, a homewrecker and, and really not, you know, I just, I didn't really buy it. And I, it was kind of annoying and I, it made me not want to like her as both a person and a character. But I think that, you know, you know, she came around and she definitively was like, okay, whatever. I was in some sort of weird trance and now I've woken up and, you know, my morals have reentered my body and I will refuse <laughs> to be. A- let's, no. let's talk for, for me. The the uh, the plot line of the episode that intrigued me the most was the new um, her father's new attendant has a daughter who's in college. Oh, and deaf. Who's, who's yeah, deaf? Right. Yeah. And I thought it was brilliant doing an entire production number in sign language. Right. I'm hoping that they get some. They're definitely get some nominations and hopefully awards. One of my one of my students at APU received a Fulbright scholarship after graduation for deaf studies. And she's now, uh, her name's Allie and she's now at DePaul. Um, but Allie Easton is her name, but I just think that that's so important and they didn't do subtitles no, because we know the song. (laughs) So I actually didn't know know the song. Oh, you didn't know the song? And I was like, I think I'm supposed to know this song. Like I was watching it, I was like, what, what, what is this song? song? I forget. What was the song? I forget. I forget. What, what one of those uplifting pop anthem type songs. Well, I, I would like to chime in here. I would like to chime in here because a little known fact of you, Sun Kim, I went to NYU and I actually minored in deaf rehabilitation and was certified in sign language. Oh, you, son. I took four semesters and I won't deviate very far, but it's very germane to what you just said, Tom. My very first two semesters were were taught by a deaf woman, 100 percent deaf, born deaf. And I remember thinking, how the hell are we going to learn sign language? And it really was, you know, immersion. You know what I mean? And she was also one of the most brightest and funniest she literally was, I mean, and again, imagine someone who's never done sign language and she comes in, she's 100% deaf and her humor completely translated. And the reason I bring that up is because, again, like you guys, I was so proud of the episode or, or the, especially that scene because one of the things I learned, uh, you know, and it, it, there is a division even now in the culture, but le- and less so then or more so then even because people who, especially people who are born deaf as opposed to have gone deaf, um, they truly believe both that the language, it has its own syntax, it has its own vocabulary, it is not English syntax, it does not, you know, it's not spoken that way. So, but they truly believe that it is a culture, it is their identity, and that they're very proud of it, and they, a lot of them don't want cochlear implants. Now, again, this was over 20 years ago, and the technology wasn't as advanced, but there were plenty of people in the community that refused any sort of hearing aid. Um, and they felt that because it kind of meant that it, they were less than, and somehow they needed to, they were broken and needed to be fixed. Um, so there was really an embrace. And back then there was the start of a lot of theater and then the dance and all that stuff. So it's really beautiful for me to see that people are respecting their wishes in terms of, you know, um, but here's the, it, the, here's the irony though. There are times when, so I've just talked about how it's truly a language and it's truly their culture and it's truly their I, identity. I'm going to interrupt because you're getting off way, way I off topic. I need you to, I need yeah, you to but, bring it back. I need you to bring it back. Yeah, I, will. I am. I am. But what I'm saying is, um, I, this is very, you know, this is about TV shows. My point is we do see scenes and we, in both in movies and TVs where a foreign language is transferred and there's, there's subtitles. I've translated, not transferred. So there are subtitles. So it was interesting to me because I felt a little like, okay, well, I'm not saying that's overly uh, uh, politically correct, but the reason why it worked for me was because they were communicating through dance as well. And so that to me was like, you know, really beautiful because it had kind of come full circle 20 years later, you know, they're really getting true representation. And even the, and I'm talking about the show, even in the show, that was the theme that just because she's deaf, she is not less than in any way and that she should be treated that way and that she could kind of. And so what I'm saying is the dance mirrored that both mm-hmm. in real life for us, the viewer, and it tied in beautifully with her theme or her, her message to her own father in the show. So I'm super props for that. I mean, I'm just piggybacking on what Tom and, said. But, and the song ahead. was Fight Song. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Yes. And yes, they, hi- they hired performers from Deaf West Theater. Yeah, well, I recognized one of the women. Uh, her name is Angel Theory. It's the black woman with the dreads. She's a main character on Walking Dead, and she plays a deaf character. And so I was like, and she has no. She just she just shows up, does the dance number, and disappears. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, 
So I thought that was interesting. But we need to move on. But yeah. Uh, thumbs up. This was a. Yep. This show continues to blow me away. All right. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and this again <laughs> was the heist. The heist is always the best and biggest, like complex episode every season and i always look forward to it what i want to do is i actually when this show is over i want to watch all the heist episodes back to back i just i just i just love the fact that they started with the buddies and then they flash back to the other six attempts. months earlier <laughs> <laughs> ah. which is why the cops like this is still going on yeah, i just great. love this show like i five. wish I... Yeah. go ahead I, I love this show. I wish I I saw the pilot and it was okay on Fox, but I think that moving to NBC has been very helpful in in, in finding a larger audience and in honing the you know the comedy because this ensemble is, has gelled and they just play up. It's and Andre Brower doing comedy is hysterical. Who would yeah. think that this multiple Emmy winner had such a funny bone? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is he does it with such a deadpan. His deadpan. Oh is yeah, well that's fantastic. that's why it works. Guy. He's a guy. And when Amy says, "Oh, can't find me way to jump those those tired old bones of yours." <laughs> no, what I thought was great was when they were. Uh, oh, what was it? it? Was a football reference, and they were like, "I'm sure this is not a football reference for you." Oh, oh the, the, the dream team. Oh the dream team. team. Basketball. Basketball. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't remember what the reference was. So the dream team. Yes, it's basketball. And he was like, I'm sure you're not talking about basketball. What are you talking about? And he was like, some opera. And he's like, of course, of course, it's the opera. Um, and then he did it to Charles. Right. And he did it to Charles. And I can't remember what his reference was. But what was super creepy was everybody was spying on Peralta's therapy. And then <laughs> he goes, real. I don't have a real therapist? Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The one-liners are great. The like, you know, the I mean, yeah. No, I, I like I, I've been saying all season that that it was it's been a little bit uneven and you know blah blah blah. But you know, Tom's right. Being on NBC, it definitely gets more exposure. And I don't. I think it was too smart for Fox. Yeah, maybe Fox. Fox sitcoms tend not to be the smartest. I mean, married with Fair. children. <laughs> Case in point. All right. Well, any other but thoughts yeah. thoughts about the heist itself? Did you see who saw it coming? Who figured it out? Um, I knew that Terry was going to be involved. That was that was broadcast yes. when he was like, "I'm not participating. I'm not participating." Yes. So I wondered who he would team up with. And because you know, um, I, I won't say that I guessed it, guessed it, but since Roz, you know, had a filing cabinet as her partner, I thought, well, Rosa? there's only one. Yeah, Rosa. Rosa. I don't know why I said Roz. Rosa. Um, uh, you know, didn't actually have a human partner. I thought, oh well, maybe Terry's going to help her out. But I had no idea like how it would be done. And, and how I love elaborated it was that she's yeah. like, I actually won three times. I was like, yeah. what? Yes. That, was, <laughs> that, was, that was great. Um, but yeah, and then uh, so yeah, this episode I always love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and this was great. But let's move on. We're giving this thumbs up. And we got another comedy to talk about, which is the Modern Family series finale, which was a full hour and a lot of hugs and goodbyes and some more hugs and some false goodbyes. And they're like, "Okay, we're really saying goodbye now. They should have stopped at the first half hour. Yes. Oh, my God. I thought the same thing, Tom. I didn't want to say anything. The second half hour was bordering on painful. Yes. Yeah, I thought I thought it's oh, interesting. I, I will say really quick, I'm going to say this. The whole gay family moving to the middle of nowhere, Missouri was a terrible idea. As someone from Missouri, <laughs> no. Like no. He's not going to be happy. The Asian girl is not going to be happy. Missouri is not the most inclusive of states. That's a nice say. way to put it. <laughs> I'm trying to like, <laughs> like but I I can say that because I live there. But I'm just well, saying, Missouri I, I, and misery are only a few sim- emphases on syllables. Yeah, so I just I really hated that that was the end of their story, and I I felt like it. That's a terrible end, and and somebody uh, I think I was talking to Peter. He was like, yeah, and if this wasn't the finale, the very next episode would be like, sight guys, we're moving back. Like I feel like that's more realistic. But go ahead. Well. 
but they did prep it for a while with him wanting that coach's job and right. you know and you know and it so it wasn't like a weird tack on ending you I'm know what i mean and, it and, was but no, no. if anybody who no, did, i know like but... there's no way i know he wanted the coach's job but he also should have been conscious of the culture like but look, but but look, here's the thing. I mean, it could that, be it's all, that I don't would, think that it would depend be. on writers actually visiting Missouri and knowing what it's really like. Yeah. Hey, listen, listen, I am the last person to defend flyover country. But my point is that, you know, there's a I don't want a spinoff. But what I'm saying, there's a spinoff in there for the whole like fish out of water and like, you know, the gay couple that like makes the you know neighborhood more open minded and accepting and blah 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 blah. So I mean I visited multiple times. One of my best friends lives in Missouri. My college roommate lived in Missouri, and I'm not gonna disagree with what you guys are saying. Um, however, like I said, I mean I I think you're just saying I guess personally you didn't want them to end up there. But I mean there's a story in there. People do weird things. They move to places that normally. A perfect example. My I have a very good gay friend who has two daughters, and he you know was contemplating moving to Texas, and you know what I mean for his, to be closer to his daughters. And he definitely doesn't want to move to Texas, but he you know he would do it if you know I'm not going to get into well, his personal saying, life. I'm but just it saying happens. it it, it happens. I, I I am not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying if you're thinking about the the collective other than your own personal happiness of being this coach at your hometown versus the happiness of your husband and your children you now have two um i don't think you should have done it that's all i'm saying right right well you know again i don't totally disagree with you but i i want to go i want to circle back to what tom said because i i was afraid that i was being unfair you know no. and i thought oh no, well it's their series ender and you know blah 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 but that was literally my own like my biggest thought as they finally finally ended i thought yeah, they could have really, they should have just left it at the half hour. It would have been lovely and sweet and there would only have been one fake ending instead of the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, you know? Oh, that, that's I mean, like one of those just go away people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I lost I count did how many like times all they the played kids. that beat. I liked that all the kids moved out. I thought that was good. Yeah, no, they, they that wrapped was, that it was, That was fine. Yeah, the guts of the show, like what they did and how they wrapped it up is fine, but they really didn't need to do all of that in, in in an hour. So, I mean, at the end of the day, my final opinion is it had a great run. It certainly, you know, very, you know, ugh, overstated its welcome oh, a little we bit. we forgot the J finally after however many years. After Spanish. 11 years now he's on Spanish? I know, but my thing wow. is instead of, instead of it seeming sweet, which is I think what they were going for, I actually was like, that just highlighted how inconsiderate he had been for the last mm -hmm. 11 years i was like dude uh, now really this is when you decide to learn spanish okay yeah no one of the cute, fair enough one of the cute gags was joe pranking uh, uh manny. the older brother manny, manny. <laughs> that was kind of funny i've got your kidney <laughs> wait how did he prank him i forget because he, he kept... would just sneak up on him yeah his the whole thing was he was trying to convince him not to move away because he was like, if you go there, people are going to steal your money. They're going to steal your wallet. They're going to steal your kidneys. Gonna... So he kept pretending that he was doing all those things to him. That's right. Yeah, that was really funny when he was in the bathtub, especially. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was actually, I don't know, it wasn't that funny. But I liked the I liked the conceit of um, uh, the middle sister or the whatever, the younger sister. Um, getting relation alex getting into a relationship with her her professor boss whatever and and the whole like well if we fake a relationship before then it's totally okay and then like the <laughs> and the thing, that was hilarious like you know what i mean like i don't know i just found that to be funny it so and yeah, i always I, thought that they should have been together anyway i yeah i thought that too i thought yeah i so yeah that worked out like you said i thought they rounded up they finished up everything with the kids really well. You know what I mean? And and I even liked – this was the episode – was this the episode that they they started out in the Winnebago in the, yeah, yeah. In the yes. RV? Yeah, the driveway. Yeah, because there were too many kids in the house, yeah. Right, exactly. So that was all cute. Look, like I said, like I just, I just want to finish saying it was a wonderful ride and, you know, it was a brilliant, groundbreaking show when it first started. Um, it, I think it did a lot – to, and and you know what was interesting is uh, it what I was watching I think on Hulu it rolled right into a one hour documentary, you know yes. um, show well, and I thought that was great. The documentary aired before the show. Which yeah. Was, if you watch the documentary after the show, that's probably better because before yes. the show, it's like, hey, 
those were some really funny episodes. So much better than the one we're getting ready to watch. Wow. <laughs> Let's wrap. We got to wrap this one up. We got to wrap this one up. So we're saying thumbs up ish or yeah. Thumbs up for part up. one. Thumbs down for part two. I actually just think yeah. thumbs up overall for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Chicks Creek, which uh, when I say we, I mean Yusun, because I've oh, I've watched season one of the show, but that's it. And did you like it? Yeah. Because it never, continues to get better. It just, yeah, I mean, no, it was I, one I, of those shows that I was at somebody's house and I was stuck at their house and they were like, have you seen Shit's Creek? And I was like, no. And so we ended up, I ended up being stuck there watching a marathon of it and I enjoyed yeah. myself. But then yeah. when I went home, I just didn't. Pick yeah. it up. All right. Well, it just continued to get better and better. I mean, I think almost anyone will agree that, like, you know, the first season was you just kind of really introducing you to the characters and kind of really getting to know their quirks and this and that. And by second season, there was a lot of plot development and a lot of movement. I, you know, since I'm the only one speaking, I will try not to speak too much. But I, I really wanted to talk about it in conjunction with modern family because again it it and people have talked about it it's beautiful what they say in in twitter and a lot of these documentaries and whatever about how 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 much it it really kind of um embedded itself in in probably let's say middle america and less kind of inclusive people and thinking um and how moving and how powerful it was to kind of um show a lot of people, you know, who, who who you'd think that we had come so far uh, and, and, and exactly what Modern Family did, kind of showing very natural, normal relationship um, outside of, of of what, you know, heteronormative kind of, you know, ideal w- w- in this country. Um, and they did it in such a beautiful way with humor and uh, grace and without, you know, knocking you over the head and also being like not a soapbox messagey thing. It just was lovely. It was funny. It wasn't also the only thing about the show. Um, all of the characters, Catherine O'Hare was literal genius. And um, there's been enough uh, talk about how what she brought to the show it was her idea to do the wigs. It was her idea to do. I think one of the funniest things I heard about describing her acting or her c- comedy, she said or somebody else said that no, they couldn't believe how many syllables she could turn a one syllable word into. I mean, it was fantastic she could say the word barn and she would be like baharna you know and it was just brilliant so i think across the board if you like strong comedy um and i i'm sad about it ending the same year as modern family not that we didn't think modern family should have should not have ended but i there's a real darth of 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 good really good half hour comedies and i'm really sad about it and so i'm extra sad that Schitt's Creek, which has absolutely made an, a, you know, a cultural impact. Um, and people are getting driver's license, you know, and I mean, dri- uh, license plates and stuff. So for me, I think just finishing it up, the finale was fine. You know, it, it did what it's supposed to do, which is wrap up most of the storylines, you know, bring everybody back except for Alexis's boyfriend, which I thought was weird. I thought they could have given him an ending to the story. But um, if, if people are still not watching it, they really should. It's an easy watch, I like to say, and it's sweet and gentle and um, you know, heart, you know, life affirming. And, you know, so it's, it's a great show and it's a great loss. I really think they could have squeezed out two more seasons without it being overstayed. It's welcome. So, but it was great. All right. So giving it a thumbs up. All right. Next up, uh, we're going to talk about the blacklist really quick. We haven't talked about that since it's really returned. Um, the first two episodes were very heavily read, which I loved. And then we had a Elizabeth episode, which I fast forwarded through. And then this episode <laughs> was a nice mix. I think it was a, it was a fairly decent balance. Um, and so red is like orchestrating everything. But it, what I really liked about this episode was he was just more upfront about it. He's like, so I lost three shipments here. So I need you to go find them for me. Like he didn't even try to pretend like, you're going to go find a serial killer that happens to have stolen something from me. So I actually thought well, that was pretty straightforward. Go ahead. It was pretty straightforward, but he also said, well, you can also solve the, the Alaskan triangle, you know, whatever that was. Yeah. I was like, the what now? Like, they totally made that up. Um, yeah. 
But really, it was it was backstory for our new agent, whatever her name is, and I'm blanking on her name. Yeah, I'm still not interested in her. Sorry. I know they were like, so, "Oh my God, your mom was a drug addict, and you're going after the guy that killed him, so you're so vicious." And then you find out, no, the secret is that you thought you killed your mom. Oh my God. Yeah, it was Jan. Jan. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I. I guess she's okay. I don't mind her. I, I like the fact that they've added an Asian woman to the cast, which is cool. But uh -huh. the problem is on that show, if your name is not Red or Dembe, because I like both of them equally, <laughs> uh, I am really not that interested in your storyline. And I give them an A for effort for trying to make her story really interesting this week. I give them that. But then I saw the preview for next week and I was like, oh, that. I want that. Um, uh, which is, we've got the mom coming back who I really think is not the mom, but she's back and red really thought she was dead and he had dealt with that problem. And, oh, and we got Ilya back. So all the stuff that deals with red storyline is coming back next week. So that I'm excited about this week's episode was a nice placeholder and we got to watch red cook salmon. What was that? He was putting on over the salmon. I saw him season it. And then he wrapped it in a green something. I'm looking for recipes right now in my isolation, people. So <laughs> I was trying to like see what, how he was cooking that salmon. Yes, uh, his 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 new line of work, cooking with red. Yes. So. Uh, anyway, I but, thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, go, go ahead. I liked all liked all of the red stuff, and you know, I mean, I've said before that the rest of the show just is, is sort of just filler in between the red scenes for me. Yeah. So the more that we have of Red, the better. And I just kind of, I didn't fast forward, but I just kind of endured. The most interesting part, honestly, of all the Alaska stuff was that the head of the the gang that was doing all of this uh, was from Twin Peaks. He he was the, um, the the deputy in Twin Peaks, and that was that was like, oh, that's him. And then that was the limit of my interest in that segment. So. <laughs> that was it yeah next all right. red yeah next week looks way better this was like that eh. all right all right let's move on because we have nothing to really talk about on this one next up we're going to talk about motherland fort salem and are you guys now caught up yeah i am yay are we guys what caught up motherland fort salem. caught up i'm caught up yes finally all right so this episode, I really, like, they give you all this tension that maybe the the agent, the, the, the what is her name? The bad guy. Silla. Silla, like, Silla. you think maybe she's going to get caught? And I didn't think that she was going to get caught by the school. I was pretty sure she was going to figure out a way around that. But I was really, really hoping that her girlfriend, not girlfriend, was going to, figure it out and piece stuff together. And she almost does it, but then she decides I love her so much. I don't care. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I liked the rest of the story. I like where the rest is going, where all of them are bonding and we're getting the traditions and the backstory. I like all of that. I just can't stand the whole bad guys element of it. It feels really cheap and it feels really like, the character should be smarter. That's all. What are it your thoughts? Felt, it felt a little schizophrenic. Right. In terms of, because we don't have really, I mean, the whole episode, and for some reason last last week when we talked about the show, only the first two episodes were available through DirecTV's uh, On Demand. So I went straight to Freeform for this week and caught up. But it just felt like the... Um, they didn't deal with the bad guys except for at the very end as a deus ex machina. And it right. was just kind of a weird structure to have when everything was so focused on what's going on at the school and, oh, the guys are here, let's bone and all that stuff. <laughs> that was kind of fantastically fun. Like, it was so over the top with the three ways and the this and the that. It was, like, so unabashed and unashamed, you know, kind of. I mean, it was kind of silly, but it made sense. I mean, they kept talking about it was almost like they had to justify to the viewer. Listen, all this sex is going on because it's really going to increase our witch power. There's a point to all of it. You well, know what also I mean? You so have to think they, have, they got to have daughters some kind of way. 
no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that it was it was bad or forced. I'm just it was you know, for me. It made me smile because it was just kind of like they had to keep reminding us that you know exactly we need to make babies. We need to have also the height of our power. It wasn't just about making babies. They were talking about the copulation energy would like create of superpower like you know that p- period in in of time would would give all the witches extra special like power they'd be kind of at the height of their power even that whole death ceremony thing they were like now is mm-hmm. the perfect time to so um but i'm i'm in, i'm in, i'm not saying it was bad i'm saying it was fun it was it was really you know it was just silly and fun and i don't mind that at all the one thing i'll say and then i'll back out of this is I found that it's getting really small and I thought it was really great and interesting when, I mean, you know, story wise, not in real life, but when the terrorist attacks were kind of going on and they had that kind of sealed team thing with the video and, you know, and I kind of, you know, stuff was happening all over the world and there was this and then they traveled to that UN conference in The Hague or whatever. Um, But now it's just like really, really small. And, and, and we're just dealing with that one villain we've all agreed with. We don't like, and the most threatening thing in the thing is a balloon in a mirror. You know what I mean? Like I would like to know more about the, the bad people behind, you know, the double agent, Uh, you know, we're not getting any of that story. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the head of that or who's like, you know, so I hope they open that up a little bit because, you know, as much as I do really like the show, um, I don't feel like we like that double agent enough for her to be the, you know, the main villain. So give me more information about the whole organization and who's running it. And, you know, all sort of that to me would even it out and open it up. uh, And why? Yeah, I kind of feel like I know why. We know why. We know why. Because they want to free the witches because they, you know, they feel like it's a form of slavery. The conscription is a form of slavery and they want, you know, and they probably want world domination because really all villains want world domination at the end of the day. But But, we haven't really in the last two episodes that never really came up. And and the way that's my point. Yeah, they they really do some heinous stuff. That swimming pool thing. And oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. when they, they say how they're against the military and all of that, but their targets are civilians. So yeah. I, you know, what they say to their followers to get them to be their followers can be one thing, but their real end game could be something else entirely. And we haven't been, you know, let in on that whatsoever. Bingo. So, all right. Yeah. Well, let's let, let's uh, move on. Unless somebody else has any more thoughts. Or I like I like to call the show "Where My Witches At," <laughs> <laughs> right. and then stop my feet. Oh, the stop the feet! <laughs> All right. I actually kind of like that. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about how to get away with murder, and I'm only gonna get to say that a couple more times. <laughs> but um, and I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy that more than the show, to be honest. But oh my, I, I, I really this this week's episode was more about more people trying to decide if they were going to betray Annalise or not. So it was Bonnie and um, Frank were trying to figure out: Are we going to stay on this on this ride? Or are we going to break? And they both decided to stay, as far as I can tell. And then Mama, Mama, um, what are we calling her? Mama Annalise. <laughs> She's. Well, it's it's Octavia, not Octavia Special. Good Lord, what is her name? Cicely Tyson. Uh, she is fantastic. She's yeah. always fantastic. She is so, but in this episode especially, she got a lot more screen time than she normally gets. And I just love that, like, they're sleeping in the same bed. And because of that, the conversations they have seem more intimate as far as, like, you can say things to each other that you wouldn't necessarily say. And I like she she came out to her mom. She was like, "Yeah, the, that." She's like, "Why don't you get that one lawyer?" She's like, "Yeah, that lesbian lawyer." And she's like, "Yeah, we were together." And she actually tells her that she was in love with her. And she's like, "Does that mean you like ladies?" Lady? Like the whole conversation was great. And yeah, it was. I really liked the mom went and tried to shame um, Nate, and it didn't really. He felt ashamed, but he didn't change what he was doing. But I, and then you I love find... the scene. Go ahead. Because what she said needed to be said. Right. I so loved that whole scene. Right. Yeah, because she's like, Annalise has saved your life. Annalise has been there for you, and now you're uh-huh. betraying her. And then at the very end, when they realize that Nate's the one who's turned over state evidence, 
Like, whoa. Like, that was great. Like, all of that, like, to realize that not only did the kids betray her, but Nate also betrayed her, too. It's just... Ugh. It's crazy. Um, and it makes me angry at all of them. And what's weird is, now we finally know who killed Asher, which is an FBI agent, but we still don't understand why the FBI agent would kill Asher. Like, it doesn't well, make any sense. Well, because they're at the behest of the governor. I think that's, you know, they've, they've pretty much... I think, at least I hope, even though they haven't shown her so far since the show came back, that they're going to finally bring this all back to the governor and and find a way to to nail her via the FBI because I think that's why they're doing this. Okay. But I just I don't like the team being divided like this and those kids really and I liked her mom just breaking her down like those kids are not your kids. And I was like that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the reason she initially started helping the kids was cuz of Wes. She felt an obligation to Wes more than anything else. And then the other kids kind of just got swept into that protection. And then she just sort of out of habit helped them. But Wes was the one she really cared about. Yeah. Um, But I think now that the cat's out of the bag, as far as the, the FBI being responsible, I think at this point, they're going to bring everybody back together again, because they all realize they've been played. Right. I mean, they knew they would play. They knew it when they signed the agreement. Anyway, I'm frustrated with those kids. Well, um, yeah, but they didn't realize to the extent that the FBI actually killed one of their own. That's true. That's true. Uh, and maybe they'll actually include Ga- Gabriel. I can't figure him out. He lies. He hides secrets. He lies. He hides more secrets. Yeah. And... And I, I mean, they keep going back and forth whether we're supposed to like him or not. And it's really weird. I can't decide. Because he's like a cheap Wesley ripoff. And, and I think I resent him a little bit for that. So. And speaking of, you know, remember, there's still that scene of Wes showing up at the funeral. Well, I don't you know, know if that's a vision of the future or somebody's hazed out. Whatever. I no, don't know. no idea. I, at this point, I almost expect because he's he is such an, an inconsistent character for for uh, Gabriel to just like pull a mask off. <laughs> I was here all the time. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right, so I'm holding off judgment a bit for how to get away with murder till we get to the end. I think. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about War of the Worlds, and there are apparently two of them, which is very confusing, but this is the one that's on from Epics, and it's half in English and half in French. So, yes. Could you say co-production? I yes. thought you could. <laughs> yes, because I was like, it was so funny because right before I started watching it, me and Yusin had been talking about how much French we had taken, and we were trying to like have a faux French conversation, and it was, <laughs> it was uh, pretty amusing. Ooh, la, la. It was pretty amusing, and then... I, as soon as we finished, I hung up with her. I turned on the television. I started War of the Worlds, and I started laughing because the whole open is in French. And um... well, well, wait, wait. Let me interject though, because I I have to say that I same thing after we got off the phone. You know, I mean, not right away, but you know, within twenty four hours, I turned on the I turned on the show, and the version that I was watching did not have French subtitles. So then I was like, oh, damn it. Now I am going to have to use my stupid French. And I like, I like watched it. I was like, oh, it's not that bad, you know? And, you know, in the beginning, it's just conversational French, which I still have a handle on. But then it got like more complicated and stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to have to brush up on my French. I was like, where are the subtitles? Where, like, where, where were you watching you, son? Well, in that um, secret place we were not going to talk yeah, about. I was just going to say but my 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 version didn't. I couldn't get the subtitles to work. Let's just put oh, it no. that way. Um, yeah. So yeah. So but anyway, it was it was really fun, and there was a part of me that was like, oh, maybe I'll just try. I'll I'll try to watch this, and and then I was like, nope, not gonna do that. So <laughs> now I'm gonna. So but anyway, it was really funny, Olivia, because it happened to both of us. Like right. I mean, right after right after we talked about, it, I was like, oh my god. Now my French. <laughs> anyway. Keep going. Okay, so the episode, Tom was like, he texted me, he's like, you gotta watch this, but it's super bleak. 
And <laughs> it makes Battlestar Galactica look like Flash Gordon. <laughs> well, the thing that's crazy is I was calling foul because they announced to everybody, we've got this signal, it might be from aliens. And I was like, they would never announce it to the government. The government wouldn't announce it that quick. But then they found out that the signal it was emitting was going to affect people's brainwaves, and that they did not announce. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I was like, okay. Uh, and then the Prime Minister is the only one that brought her kids into the bunker. Nobody else got to bring their kids into the bunker. I was like, that's just shady. And but that's realistic. I that's know, realistic. it's super shady. And then I really liked that that dude sent out that message. So at mm. least... It was a tweet. <laughs> he sent out the tweet, but I mean, at least it got to enough people that a bunch of people went down into the subway. Like, without that message, the people, those people wouldn't have known to go into the subway. So he saved a lot of lives. A lot more people would have been dead if he hadn't done that. So props to him. Though he might be dead at the end of the next episode because the episode I watched, uh, they let the... Because after that wave comes, then you have these dog-like creatures, which reminded me actually of Black Mirror. Black that's, Mirror episode, that's episode three where we finally see the aliens. Right. Well, Black Mirror did the same thing where there was an apocalypse and there were robots. Because I felt like those were robots. So, oh, they're they're not completely robots, though. Oh, they're not. Okay, you know more than me. Okay, they're they're, they're very there. There is an organic component inside, not unlike Daleks. But, oh no! Um, but no, I I for another reimagining of War of the Worlds. And funny, I've been I was I was stationed overseas when the when the late '80s version came out that Paramount produced as a direct sequel to their '50s movie. But I've been waking my way through that, and it's not very good. <laughs> but this is very gripping. It um, is. It is because it, it shows real is, people like how they well, they're react. all terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, the people. Are. I know, but I mean, I feel like if every I, what I actually liked was at the very beginning when everyone's dead and those kids are breaking into the store and they're like, "Hey, do you want to hang?" He had a gun, and at first I thought it was going to turn bad, but he was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. are you okay? Do you need some water? You need some food?" Like, he was really helpful. He's like, you can hang with us if you want. And I was like, that's the way I'd like to see. Like, you help people. Everyone's dead. And there aren't that many survivors le- left. We should help each other. And then, the, but the mom with the two kids, she finds somebody bleeding out. And she's like, screw him. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, the kid had gotten into an altercation with the shop owner. And the shop owner stabbed him. And the kid accidentally shot him. Right. I understood the- what happened. But, but the kid's no angel either because he tries to take the, the blind daughter hostage to get the well, mom to help him. I know, but that's a, that was more desperation. That's at the moment yeah, where he realizes still, I, they're, re- they're really going to leave him. So I totally understood both sides of that situation. Which makes it interesting. But you're, you're going to... I'm one episode ahead of Olivia so far. But... Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't get any more shiny, happy. There's like no anybody who can play the Battlestar Galactica was too bleak. Seriously, this has zero comic relief whatsoever. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, I, I, they, I was they kill a little girl. Oh in my god! When I was when that, happened, when that happened, I was like, they're not going to kill the little girl. They're not going to kill. Oh the yes, girl. they did. And they absolutely. I was like, oh man. It's like they aren't playing. Oh man, because it's, it's those French. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the British and the French together. Yeah, right. that was. I was so sure they weren't going to kill that little kid. Oh no! And then I, that. And then the door started opening over her head. I was like, Oh no! <laughs> I, I just cool. want to. I just want to pipe in. I haven't even finished the first episode just because of my own issues. But, um, but I do want to just say this because this I can I can speak to. I love the look of it. I mean, it kind of oh, reminded yeah. me of. Uh, Soderbergh, you know, in that it's not documentary style, but that like the blues and the, right. like, the way it was shot. You know, in fact, it actually kind of reminded me, a very apropos, of how he shot Contagion. You know what I mean? In terms of like, <laughs> I know, terrible, but it's true. Like the gritty kind of realism and the coolness of the colors and the blue. It kind of sort of also reminded me of um, 28 Days. I, was that was that with the 28, 28 Days, days later? 28 uh, Days yeah. Later. Yeah, it was very bleak and, you know, it's not as horror movie-ish, but I love the look of it. So it is very compelling and it's very, like, you know, it 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 um, 
it drew me in because it like it forced me to I don't know how to explain it, but it really forced me to kind of like pay attention. And, you know, the way that it was shot and, the, you know, I had to bring I don't know. But anyway, so I'm excited about it. I tried to zone out what you guys were talking about so I wouldn't get spoiled, um, except now I know a little girl dies, um, which I, you know, I'm not looking forward to watching. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love the look of it. And I am excited to kind of get on the train and see where it takes me. So bleak or not. I'm I'm kind of it excited is, to watch it. I will it. say overall, even though it's bleak, it's really really good. Like it's really well yeah. done. I don't know where the story is leading right now, and it's and it's pretty smart too, which I like. Yeah, because some of these some of these movies or TV shows and whatnot, people do stupid stuff, and you're like, you don't deserve to live. You're really? <laughs> that's cool. What what Good is here. it airing? What channel is it, it it's airing on? on? It's on it, Epix. It's on Epix, and if you have access to Apple TV, they are giving you Epix for free. I don't know for how long, so I'm going to try to finish but, before but, it goes away. But you know what, Allison? You can do a seven-day free trial, and because the show is already all uploaded, you can just binge it and then you know cancel your Epix before the seven days is up. So, um, yeah, you can do that as well if you don't have Apple TV, which I don't. Yeah, yeah it, I don't. it just it just ended on April fifth. The last episode yeah. aired, so, yeah, so it's you'll be able fresh. to see all of them. yeah, you'll be able to see all of them though is what I'm saying within that seven day period. You won't like miss out on the because that's annoying if you do like a seven day trial and then you like wait I can't watch the you know the last episode. So I would do it now if you're going to do it at all. Okay, yeah, it's really it's really good. good. It's good. All right, so we're giving it a thumbs up, and let's wrap this all up. Oh, yeah. If you uh, guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us at radio.com, Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And stay safe, guys. Bye-bye. Stay Bye-bye. indoors.